0: Kraken Fancast presented by Silver City Brewery. The podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans.
1: Release the Kraken.
2: Hello everyone and welcome to a special edition of Kraken Fancast brought to you by Silver City Brewery. I'm your host Chris Porter. I'll be joined by the whole crew. The whole crew, Luke Chelios, our pro- our producer Jay Middleton, Nathan Gunderson and Jim Cockrell. Because we have a lot to talk about, about one thing, the opening, the a night of history, the first Seattle Kraken game in Seattle in history of the NHL. Uh, it was a fantastic experience we had, and we're going to talk all about it, because we can just put one whole show together about that. Plus, we're going to have this uh, as a special YouTube edition. We haven't done a YouTube uh, video in a while. So uh, we figured you guys could all uh, used to, you know, enjoy seeing our little mugs here and uh, talking about our favorite subject, Seattle Kraken hockey. Want to uh, thank our sponsors, Silver City Brewery, who are are our presenting sponsor. Also, our buddies at the Angry Beaver Hockey Bar up in the Greenwood neighborhood. And I'll give a little tease. We'll tell you more about them in the next episode. We do have a new sponsor, Mojito, fantastic restaurant, uh, up in the North Seattle area, we thank them for their patronage as well. And we thank so much for all the patrons patrons on Patreon who've been uh, helping us out too. So cheers to all of you. I hope all of you uh, who are listening and watching got to see that game. It was not the result we wanted, but it was a momentous time to say the least, seeing this brand new, beautiful arena, Climate Pledge Arena. Oh, which opened up a few days earlier uh, for a Foo Fighters "Death Cap for Cutie" show on Tuesday, and then of course it was play the night before the Kraken, um, so they could you know work out some of the bugs, so to speak, a little bit before the first big game, first big game against the Vancouver Canucks. Unfortunately, not the not the uh, result we wanted it was four to two vancouver winning uh kind of spoiling the uh, big local opening for the kraken uh vince dunn got the first goal uh for for the kraken so keep that in mind for trivia answers later on uh but uh, unfortunately thanks to uh goalie thatcher demko of the vancouver canucks and uh guys like both warvat and connor garland uh kind of spoiled the party a little bit but it didn't spoil it much Because it was just fantastic, it was the most electric game, one of the most electric NHL games I've ever been to and I'm even including uh, some playoff games on that. And we'll get into the game in a little while but we want to talk first a little bit about our experience of going to Climate Pledge Arena. I want to hear from the guys here what you guys all thought of it, what your experiences were. Uh, Just, you know, let's let's rip and talk all about it because we've been talking about it uh, all day We're still buzzing about this. Uh, what we saw Saturday night. So Lute, um, you know, Lute, me, Jim, and Jay, we all got to go in the arena. Nathan, we'll get you in there, buddy, sometime soon. But the four of us all got to go in. Uh, Lute, you got the earliest look in, thanks to your insider uh, ways. Uh, tell us what you saw, what you experienced, what you think of this new arena. Well,
1: how's it going? Hey, Chelios had a beautiful trip into the Climate Pledge Arena for Foo Fighters, what an event! Was down by the ice level, in the glass seats. Guest of the Verizon Lounge. One of the perks of buying the glass seats is you can visit the Verizon Lounge and have a good time watching the game on TV with some of your friends or new friends you're making. One of the guys that uh, gave me a little short tour said he put ten miles on walking around that night at Foo Fighters. This is an eight hundred thousand square foot arena. Todd Laiwicki stepped out on the ice and the fans went crazy. We raised the roof and he said, Welcome to our over $1 billion arena. So, Climate Pledge Arena, it's the most sustainable, the newest, the best hockey or any type of arena in the world. We just opened the doors for Foo Fighters. And that hockey game on Saturday night was just amazing. It was just heartbreaking heart pumping pride to be a Seattle resident moving from Canada and to open up a building with Russell Wilson Ann Wilson not related DK Metcalf Bobby Wagner it was incredible Sean camp had glass seats and the Seattle fans raised the roof so what a great time it was Chris just to be there for the Foo Fighters and then on Saturday night for the Canucks and the kraken now we weren't expecting a big five nothing win we hoped for a few bounces we had the game in our hands 10 minutes to go and we're going to get those goals to make it four to one instead of three to two canucks go into that empty net scenario so love the building just a fantastic time to be there and uh today was surreal to wake up and say we opened up the climate pledge arena so Great chance, fans, to share a little bit of the excitement. And uh, we'll pass it on to Jim.
2: Yeah, Jim, you were there for Saturday night, of course, for the first game. Uh, you and I were together, and uh, we also saw Jay there, too, for, for a bit. Buddy, I mean, we were just beaming. You're still beaming. I'm still seeing the glow out of you, bro. Uh,
3: well, so obviously, being a resident of King and Pierce County growing up, not far from that roof when I was a kid and going to it uh, with my dad for the totems, there's an attachment there obviously, but it it's gone through a couple different morphs over the years to where it's not even the same building, but, um, I'd seen all the pictures leading up. I'd been following the construction process. Um, and then, you know, we've had these little anniversaries all along the way and all these, uh, these moments and like I've said before Chris you and I've been involved in so many of them man we every time we do we pat each other on the back and it's like we can't believe it um and we did that yesterday but the the night leading up I was like I didn't sleep well I got to bed late I woke up super early like 4 30 I couldn't go back to bed I was just rolling around the house doing stupid uh things over and over it was like going back in the days of the like 80s and 70s like when you'd be going to a concert or something and you check your wallet six times for your concert ticket or whatever just to make sure you have everything so you don't have to turn around on i5 um well now especially now that we have to worry about a vaccine card now you're worrying about that, that for six times as well on top of that ticket even though i knew i had my phone 100 times over everything's on that phone these days with that stuff so it drives me up the wall at, to an extent but you know, we got there plenty early. I had some traffic issues uh, going 599. They had the bridge up. So I was kind of stressing over that with the people I was carpooling with. Uh, but I did get a, a cheap parking spot that was well in advance reserved, like at 24 hours, which is kind of cool. There's there's options out there for guys like me that got to drive aways. Um and then we met early. We met at the uh the beer hall, it's been getting heavily promoted by Everett Fitzu and other, you know, Seattle team, you know, cracking team. People. Um, and we met there and that place was just a packed house. Queen Anne Beer Hall. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: All the bars when we were walking by were jamming with oh,
3: it, it was, and that's that's one thing I just I missed. I mean, it reminded me of when we'd go to other cities to games. I mean, going back to the 70s, even in 80s at the old PE for the um, Vancouver Canucks, when it was on the fairgrounds there. Same type of vibe. But this was just crazy because from the minute you got out of the car in the parking garage, there was jerseys everywhere. I was like, wow, man, this is it. This is reality. This is, we have an NHL team here now. And all the talk is, is right in front of our face. And uh, so it's the buildup was great. And we headed up and uh got up there and I was taking the whole venue in and it looks great from the outside. I admit, it looks really good. The coolest thing about that whole arena is, you know, it, people complain that it's in the heart of the city and there's no, you know, official parking tarmac anywhere like any other type of stadium uh, or arena and that's true but there's options but i it was just so cool how the immediate side streets lead right up to the neighborhoods and the small businesses and the brick apartments and this and that it's just so weird cuz we we saw little Wiki crossing the one of the back Light intersections. Light wiki, yeah yeah on the south end and you know, the south end never used to be an entrance of any type it was always the parks yeah you know, it was always the park side the north side or first ave so, you know, their major focus was let's make the grand entrance on the south end with all the parking garage and all that stuff. So that's the focal point. It was kind of cool. And to seeing like wiki go across and you yelling across the street to him was fantastic.
2: Yeah. So the story was so we're, we, yeah, we're walking up because we're going to the armory because uh, uh, the, the uh, Seattle Center Army was having sort of big beer garden there and a lot of hoopla and some music and stuff. So we thought we'd go check that out after we were at Queen Anne Beer Hall. So yeah we're walking up uh I forget what that street is republican whatever the side street is where we're talking and we see Todd Lightwiki walking by and when he's stopping actually he was uh, I think it was Ross Fletcher I think he was in the car he's just stopping and chatting with these people in the in the in the in the car and then as that car started to move over I was like Todd Lightwiki thank you for all you do and he looked at me and waved. And I'm like, what are you doing there, bro? You, you you parking the cars too? You're doing everything, man, my God. And he laughed he's like, oh yeah, 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 whatever. And then he was walking over to the church. I don't know, he was doing yeah. professional. What was that what was going on? And then what, like 20, 30 minutes later he's uh,
3: talking to 17,000 people. I was like, wow, what a day he's had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like proof of community, right? Seeing him out there in it, mixing it up. One second he's just, he's almost like talking to some stranger in a car and the next he's standing on that ice having a beautiful introduction to 32,000 season ticket depositors. It was crazy. So anyway, um, go to the armory, have a little casual thing, met up with a Jay and his dad. And your dad is awesome. Jay. Um, he can relate to a lot of things I grew up to. So that was cool. Um, I'm sure he had a great time man. um, and then made it in the building. And I admit, man, from the, from the second, I walk, it is a sensory overload to the this whole experience. And then, just walking in, trying to get a grasp of everything was kind of difficult for me because I was just emotionally set back. But then once I, we walked into the bowl, I was like, oh my God, man, look at this thing. This is just gorgeous. And I instantly thought of, okay, looking at this, comparing it to like going up to Rogers Place in Vancouver. And even though Rogers Place was built in I think 94, 95. Right, um, I mean, I, I I threw on the handicap of the age of that building. But just the feel of the inside versus that building, it just was super cool, Just high tech. And um, other than that, I did struggle a little bit with the concourse design, but that's just me. I'm kind of a critic of that crap when I walk around the country and go to other buildings. And yeah, there's some bathroom issues with capacity for sure. But you know what? All them stadiums nowadays, I swear have it. I just, that was the only setback. The game, the vibe, the energy, and I didn't sit in my normal seats with Chris because we only have two seats for our four people, but I sat with a a work associate and her husband that have extra seats, and we were down in uh, attack twice in uh, section 11, pretty low, perfect actually, and it was just, I happened to be rolling my phone uh, video for that power, or for that goal, post power play with three seconds left by you know,
2: great timing. And then, and then you get to make like a, a, a second and a half uh, a cameo appearance on CBC. This is the man out of all of us that ended up on TV. Well, oh. and it's, so
3: weird. <laughs> it's so weird. Right after the dungle The guy next to me, next to us, two people next to us, he goes, hey, man, I don't know if you were familiar with spinning, Spitting Chicklets. Uh, and I go, yeah, I'm familiar with them. This is a national level uh, podcast uh, from X- NXLers and other folks tied to the game. And they posted that goal. And then apparently there was a cameraman in our aisle and he was just kind of swinging up the aisle right there. And he caught us looking down the road. And I was like, okay. And I didn't even remember that moment. I had to be told. So that was kind of cool. And then, yeah, CBC caught me and uh, my work associate from across the way. I, I, I even had to double take at that when I was watching the game back. That was pretty funny. Well, you've been waiting for this
2: team for a long time, buddy. So I'm glad if any of us got on TV, you you deserve that. Uh, yeah, Speaking of, like, history, so, Jay, that must have been super special for you to bring your dad, right? I mean, you guys hadn't been, had you guys ever been to a hockey game together before? He, he We've been never
0: thrilled. been to an NHL game before. We've been to many WHL games. My dad used to take me to T-Birds games back at the Key Arena uh, years ago. And then we we would go to Showware when that opened up because one of the shops that he owned uh, was literally around the corner from Showware there in Kent. So we would go there um, like after we get done with a game or with a day and head out over there and watch a couple games or whatever. And um, so it was really cool. Um, especially the fact like my dad just recently retired and we've been just dealing with the stress of just like all this transitioning from the retirement and such. And so like, it was a real cool time for us to just like, we haven't seen each other since this whole thing happened and I've been working for him since, I was 16. I've only had like three years that didn't work for him. And that's when I was full-time in radio. And so it was like, this is like the first time in 10 years where we actually just got to really just hang out and not have it be work related at all. So, um, yeah, it was really fun, uh, really cool. And just, uh, it was really exciting. It's really cool to see what the rest of the season's going to be like. And uh where we're at is that club area zero one. So right behind the uh the bench right there. We're like three or four rows back from there. It was insane. It was absolutely insane. Um, and I'll tell you this this was the weirdest thing. I couldn't hear any of the players talking. At all. Even as when it was like kind of quiet, when they would do like those breaks where the crew was coming around with the shovels and cleaning up the ice and everything like that, you couldn't really hear anybody talk. And I'll tell you the weirdest thing. Hackstall never talked at all. You never see him talk to any players or yell at anybody. You like doing like what a coach would normally do. All the assistants were doing that. Like all the assistants, we're doing like you know directing and everything like that he was just standing there and watching the entire time which was kind of weird to me i don't know if that's just his coaching style i know that he's kind of more of an analytical kind of guy from what it i'm grasping on here um but it was also wild being like 10 yards away from dk metcalf and bobby wagner that was really kind of crazy um And then uh, it was cool. Like Sue Bird was right in front of us at one point because of an interview she was doing with ESPN. And uh, it was just wild, man. It was just a really wild time. Like Jim was saying, it was sensory overload. Like I used to go there for Sonics games when I was a kid, like from five years old up. Um, And so just seeing the changes over the years, um, it was just insane. Um, I was actually wearing my first ever Metallica concert t-shirt that I bought in the key arena, which under my Jersey, which was back in 2008. So it was kind of cool. And also I haven't like really worn that shirt since then because of like my weight loss stuff. So it was kind of like really cool to have, like, feel good about that going in there and just like seeing this and just seeing it come to fruition you know like um this podcast has been one of those things that's been kind of like coming to fruition since the name drop you know what i mean like none of us really knew each other until that team name dropped and like i wrote the original theme i like sent that out to oakview group or whoever and just try to get it in there as like the opening you know warm-up ice kind of music and stuff. And then all of a sudden now I'm producing this show. So,
2: well, for our uh, selfish reasons, we're glad right. they, they blew you off. So you yeah, can I know. You right. They blew
0: me off, but you, you know, go. that worked um, out for us production wise. I was a little bit, I don't, I, this, I know things are going to get worked out and get better. You know what I mean? Like things are going to progress and they only go up from here. Um, but, like, I know that we got the guy who originally was doing Vegas' stuff uh, to for all the production stuff, opening ceremony, and just the lighting and everything like that. But I just heard that there were some lighting issues after the Coldplay show, and that was kind of putting a little bit of damper on some of the production stuff there at the arena. So, honestly, we could be seeing a totally different opening ceremony show on Tuesday uh, and on. I'm going to be there for the Minnesota wild game on Thursday. So I'm probably going to be expecting a little bit of some differences there too. Um, the only thing from being down on that low of a level right there is I'll tell you is the trying to see the goals happening on one end of the court or the, I mean the ice.
2: Sorry. Oh, yeah. The, get that, get with that. That.
0: <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> basketball too much. So, okay. so uh, yeah. One end of the rink right there. Like, if you were sitting down and you had a bunch of people to your left, like standing up they're blocking the entire view of that goal right there. So we would have to stand up once we saw guys going down there and getting close to that goal, you know, and that's the only way we saw done, get that in there, you know, is that we got to stand up or whatever, but that's the only thing that was really just like the pain right there. It was just like, stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, you know, but, um, just the energy of that night was insane. I've never felt I've I haven't even felt anything like that at a Seahawks game and I've been to some of the craziest Seahawks games. I've been to um the one where you know, I I was at Russell's first year um for mm-hmm. when he was a rookie here in Seattle and we had the Monday Night Football game with the touchdown interception that happened at the very end um when we beat Tom Brady and the Patriots that one year here the U mad bro game yeah um, I was there yeah so I mean like I've been to some of the craziest games you know and nothing like that was you know this this was something on a whole another level but you saw the best thing I heard was like it's like Christmas day but you've been waiting three years for Christmas day that's what it was
2: well, that's what, yeah, that's what it sounded like, Jim, when you were saying a little bit like concert tickets, it's, you sounded like a little kid, or all maybe all of us to an extent, like little kids, but right before Christmas, and you can't think of anything, you can't wait till your presents and everything, and uh, yeah. that's how it felt to me, I wasn't getting, oh, by. I said, "Oh, well, I'm going to get all this stuff done beforehand, and I never did, you know, I'm yeah. texting you guys, I'm, you know, we're, you know, checking all uh, social media and everything, um, you know, one thing you you and Jim both said, and Nathan, I'll, I'll be right with you in a second. I wanted to hear what you thought on, on TV, but um, it, sensory overload. That's one thing I think we'd all give any anybody who hasn't been there yet. The big tip is get in there early. I mean, I always say get in early to, to, you know, catch pregame skate is always interesting to see and everything. But besides that, get in there early and walk around. It's not your typical cookie cutter arena. Nothing wrong with that. There's positives of that, you know, and Key Arena was, you know, easier to get around. This this is quite a bit bigger, as Luke mentioned, you know, this is quite a bit bigger than Key Arena. The square footage, how high it is and everything, it's, it's noticeably, you know, I was more in awe at that just because I had in my mind Key Arena size, just, you know, knee jerk walking in there. And then just seeing all of it, but I, you know, I I was at at that Foo Fighters show that, that Luke mentioned, and I thought I had walked around and checked out everything. And as I'm leaving, there was a whole other area I hadn't noticed before. So do yourself a favor and, and take some time and really look into it. And there's a lot of great vendors and everything, but there's a lot of things to see and different viewpoints, and some, you know, it's it's amazing. And to your point, Jay, yeah, that's interesting what you said about not being able to, you were right by the ice. You should have heard the guys yelling back and forth at each other. And it was so loud. It you was couldn't hear that.
0: Well, it, like even during like the times where it got kind of quiet, it just was weird. Like you wouldn't hear too much of even players like talking to each other that were like right next to each other. Um, But I'm right next to where the tunnel is when they're coming out. So like intermissions co- or end of the period comes out, everybody's banging right on that tunnel, you know, and it's, it's loud. Um, But the coolest thing about the state or the arena that I noticed is like you, every time you look at something, like it could be an hour later or two hours later, you find something new, you know, it's, there's something new. Like one of the things that like I texted you guys a picture of today was there's an eye that's projected on one of the arm, like, or the legs of the roof that you see through the window right there. And it's just creepy, but it was really badass at the same time. It was just like looking at you the entire time during the game. And then I didn't notice this until like maybe the third period when Danny Bonaducci came up onto the stage there. And <laughs> <I> maybe <mean>, and- <laughs> exactly
2: the Maclin word, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Sorry, that's our in joke, everybody. Yeah.
0: So they're they're each when the period would first start, they would bring out these different local celebrities up on onto the stage to hype up the crowd and everything like that. And the one thing I noticed I was like that stage looks very interesting. I'm looking at it and I like on the far dad, end. Yeah, yeah, on the far end. And I'm looking at my dad. I'm like, that's a ferry. That's the end of a ferry, like a like a ship. And my when I said that to my dad, he goes, you mean like Tinkerbell? I go no 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 like like a boat and he goes oh
2: f e r r y yeah yeah yeah
0: and he goes oh I get that now with the like, oh, yeah yeah with the foghorn everything because the like foghorn
2: right it's pretty was... cool
0: it was really cool
2: Nathan how did it look on TV to you it looked great
4: Uh, I would have loved to have been there I don't have season tickets unfortunately but I had a decision to make. um, Choice number one was at least meet up with you guys and hang out for the festivities before the game. And the other option was to invite family and go up to the uh, new Iceplex, check that out for the first time, go ice skating, get my jersey, have lunch and just spend time with family. We we try to do that as much as we can. So I missed you guys, but uh, I think I made the right decision and sitting on my couch
2: watching the whole game on my TV we needed somebody the correspondent to look at it from that view. So Yeah, yeah, I'm here for you guys, you know. Yeah, whatever I can do. Uh
4: no, it was it was really cool. I was worried because I wanted to see some really awesome cinematics before the game and I wanted to, you know, hear some good speeches and the Pittsburgh game was ending and it was almost seven o'clock and I wasn't sure if they were going to puck drop right at seven, seven Oh five, something like that. And I would have missed it. They wouldn't have televised it, but I was wrong. They immediately flipped over to uh, the game, to the arena, heard the speech.
2: Just to clarify a second, Nathan, sorry to interrupt you, but were you watching the ESPN plus feed or a CBC?
4: I was actually watching uh, CBC and it was like watching um, something from local from here. It was the entire broadcast was all homage to uh, the Kraken, the arena, the area. So it was really cool. And then I have to admit, though, when the thunder and lightning kind of aspect, at least that's what it kind of seemed, watching it on TV started happening and the whole arena was lighting up blue and then went red. I was trying to fight them back. I was so happy and so proud of the, the whole city, the whole state, everybody throughout the nation that was watching that, you know, couldn't be there. It was quite the experience. Even just being at home, I was looking at my wife and she was just in awe of the whole thing. And we were just excited to see that it was finally happening. Like Jay said, you know, it finally has come to a head and, I saw Jim actually two or three times on TV. My wife actually, she was like, is that freaking Jim? And I said, I don't know. So I actually, you know, I've got I've got Xfinity, uh, no name drop, but I rewound it and I paused it. And I'm looking and I'm looking at a picture of him and I, and I look again, I'm like, I got to ask him. And he about five <laughs> minutes later said, yeah, that was me. And then they showed him two or three more times. And I just I thought this is just too funny. Well, it's I don't great if it kept...
1: wasn't on the, on the KISS cam though. That would have been
4: <laughs> <laughs> no. And I had asked, I you know, I asked Jim, I said, Who are you with? And he was like, Coworkers. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't see Chris. And uh, but yeah, the game, the whole the whole thing was more than I expected. I was so excited to to at least be able to watch it on the comfort of my couch, with no line to the bathroom. I had a fridge full of beer, and I didn't have. I'm five seven. If people don't know that, I I'm not a tall guy by any means. So I didn't have to have some big, sweaty, tall, six foot three guy in front of me. I had a front seat the whole time, so it was. What great. are you talking about? I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying that when you and I go on the 19th of November, I'm sitting on your shoulders in your seat, so I can oh, see God. the goals. Uh, so I had a chance to say hi to DK Metcalf and I'm five foot seven
1: and he looked about seven foot seven. <laughs> he was walking by me in the ice seats down at the glass level and his name's on the back. And I'm like, he's got a football game to play in the next day or two. So I said, do you like the hockey? He goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> yeah,
2: no. Absolutely. Did, you, did any of you guys try any of the uh, different restaurants there? I chance. did. I had the uh, one that was doing the tacos uh, and and actually another one that had the one of those impossible burgers. That's those were my meals of the night and uh, all quite good. It was interesting how they had it a very sort of, I don't know if I'd say automated, they were making it, but then they would put mm-hmm. the boxes and the little sort of, uh, you know, heater things and you just kind of picked it up along the way uh, as they had it ready. Um, it, I found it pretty efficient. Uh, I had despite the long lines jim, jim sort of alluded to this earlier the bathroom lines when they have 17 it wasn't too bad when it was like thirteen thousand. i guess were there for foo fighters i didn't notice any big bathroom lines mm-hmm. on that one but 17 plus thousand that was really long but to get a beer or a soda or any of the concessions it was super quick i was surprised i remember like in the key arena days it used to be super long and that would even be like half oh, full. Yeah. So I was very impressed with how, how that was uh, done, at least from my experience.
0: So I went and stopped at Shaq's big chicken shack.
2: Oh, now, good. I was curious. Now,
0: the upstairs one, or that's in the mid level. I think it's like the 100 level is the first one. Like my dad and I were walking around to the different places up there and, um, There was just a lot of people up in that one, but that was the one where they actually have like a person at the end of it, like either helping with registers and such like that. We go downstairs to the lower level there and there's another one down there that is this Amazon One, I think it's called, Amazon Touch or something like that. You put your credit card in, scans it and you walk on in And they, you, you just grab what you want. You walk out, it charges your card, like whatever you grab. That's cool. Now (laughs) my dad was the only one that put his card in and he's like, all right, let's go get some dinner. And we go in, I'm thinking to myself like, am I going to get charged or are you going to get charged? What I grab or how does this work? I don't know. Just grab it and go, you know? (laughs) It was just one of those weird things where we just don't know how it works. It's so random and kind of like just weird. So the guitar player in my band Aurora's eyes actually is a software engineer that worked on that similar project with the grocery stores that they opened up. Hmm. So he helped design a lot of that stuff. So I might have to ask him about that, but um, it was good food. I tried the Kraken chicken sandwich and I'm not even a fan of blue cheese, and it was actually really good. And then uh, I walked, or where our seats are, are in the uh, Symmetric Club area, yeah. which was really cool to see. They had these really cool standing tables uh, for people that were very spread out, so people could eat there before going downstairs. They also had a couple of restaurants up there. They had Ballard Pizza Company, which is really good. Um They also had a few bars, which had Silver City brew IPA there. So, um, but like you guys said, very efficient. Um, A lot of just quick going through the only thing I did not see that was quick. Uh, The bathrooms that I went to were not that packed. Well, that
2: helped because you were by Symmetric Club, though.
0: Well, I walked out of the Symmetric Club to go oh. just look around. Oh, okay. And I stopped you, at I, and I stopped at one of the random restrooms. So, oh, okay, not bad. Um, okay, I went to go see where the layer is, the team store, team right? Store. So, it's, so big. I, I, it's big. It's very yeah. big. Probably the biggest out of all the Kraken stores that are out there. Um, but the one thing that I saw was even bigger was the line. And somebody in the line said, "Yeah, I've been here for forty-five minutes." And I'm like, well, I'm not hopping in that line then. <laughs> and that's that's during the game? That was uh, before the game. Yeah.
4: Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: Go ahead, Jim. Oh, yeah. So uh, speaking of the Lair Pro Shop, Team Shop, you're right. That line was brutal. And I actually went in, how did I do? Somewhere in between periods before the period broke. Um, and somebody said, dude, just go in the outdoor. I'm like, okay. So I did. There was nobody around. And went in, and I actually grabbed what I wanted, like three items rather quickly. And I got right in the line, but the line was long. And uh, this line is not going to move in time for the start of the third or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I put everything back. But, yeah, that line was pretty tough all night. And it, there's one point where that line was doing its thing through the zigzag ropes. And then the bathroom line was jettying past it. And I'm like, whoa, this is, this is pretty good. <laughs> So, but as far as I want to talk about the efficiency that you're talking about, um, there's so much eye candy going on. Little little quadrants. It it does it doesn't the the uh, concourse doesn't have a big open flow. There's like spot 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 uh, support beam, you know. But there is a lot of these little things, and it is fairly efficient. What I liked was this uh, this whole um, beverage these beverage uh, stations that are on the wall because they are. They're flush with the wall. They don't stick out and they have every beverage you need. So you go in and you buy a plastic cup in one of these little kiosk thingies. And I think it was 11 bucks. And I said, so I could just reuse this for, he says, yeah, unlimited refills. I said, cool. And I said, can I bring this back to the next game? And he said, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We may may have learned a secret here, folks. I will tell you this, this, though. Um, Everybody is still learning their systems that work there, obviously. So things are going to get even faster as far as efficiency, I would believe. Um, And we're all going to get better. I, I think I mentioned to you, Chris, on a phone call this morning or something about I truly don't expect to feel really cool and loose and comfortable in that building for at least three or four visits before I know where to go and where not to go. Because the signage is kind of funky compared to other buildings where it really pops. It kind of like, you'll see arrows pointing to an area and then you got to look at another area with another number or something, but that's fine. But I truly don't expect to know this building very well, you know, after three or four visits probably. You know, But I can't wait to be the visit, you know,
2: Tuesday night against Montreal,
3: you know, oh, you love the, and then
2: Thursday night in Minnesota.
3: They're raising uh, the banner for the Metropolitans on Tuesday night, by the that's way. That's a great touch. I that's love that's
2: awesome.
1: That. Against Montreal.
3: Against yeah. Montreal. Does that make Montreal. sense,
1: dude?
2: <laughs> so that exactly make like, uh, The yeah. that's 18, who they 18,
1: beat, 18, where they canceled the final because of the wartime and the disease.
2: So well, the precious
0: I, I think both both Stanley yeah. Cup. I think both those Stanley cups were against uh, the Canadians. That's think, right. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: They won one and then they were going to go to another one and it didn't happen, but how mm.
3: ironic pandemic. Yeah. What do right. you know? it, So that's another thing they've obviously planned out dates. Cause I did see a couple post uh interview things with some people that are complaining about things. Some people actually think that the last night's introduction and all that hoopla was not that big and that could have been bigger. I'm like, it was perfect, man. It was absolutely perfect. Um, but the, somebody said something to Liwicky's brother, and Liwicky responded by saying, "Don't worry. Last night was about history. Good things to come. Basically, every night it sounds like something's gonna be cool. Yeah,
2: because you,
3: because obviously, yeah. Well, we I, you know, to your point, that. Jim.
2: You know, I, I agree. I. I thought it was spot on because I'm there for a hockey game. Yeah, I want a nice intro. And obviously, this is history. You want to do something great. I mean, we have two jumbotrons on each side. It's not just one big one like most arenas. You had those two. You have Ann Wilson singing the national anthem. You had some bells and whistles and everything in the eye and all these things. And I just thought it was done really really classy because yeah. i'm about a game and i'm a little old school on this a lot of the people yeah i saw it on social media and i'm shaking my head i'm sorry i don't care what vegas does yeah. i don't want us i'd rather not see seattle do what will try to replicate what vegas does do its own thing and will there be more bells i think i think all you guys have touched on is i think yeah it's going to evolve and something things are going to improve and they'll do special things other times. time so i'm not surprised uh it was Tim Wywicky or whoever Todd said that about be patient but when people are having a meltdown over the pre the pregame game show go go watch a video game I'm sorry I just I mean I'm like I want I'm here for a hockey game and it was such an exciting hockey game which we'll get to in a second but uh, Jay yeah ref this speaking
0: speaking of like people I'm just gonna flat out say bitching about things <laughs> go for it prices okay understand like the prices of the, of the different things like drinks, like people were bitching about the prices of beer. People were bitching about the prices of food, water. I'm sorry, but if you haven't been to a Seahawks game lately, or you haven't been to a Sounders game or even a Mariners game, like stadium food is expensive and it's because it's, it's, it's easy to market. It's easy to profit off of for the stadium And honestly, that's how they got to cover costs. So if you're going to go in there, just don't, uh, just eat before you go in,
2: you know, get drinks before you go in, help out the restaurants in the area. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So just if you're going to go to the arena and you're not planning on spending a ton of money on eating the food there, then eat beforehand or wait till after, you know what I mean? It's just, it's ridiculous that like people think that well, I spent all this money on tickets that I can just, food should be cheap. Well, no, it doesn't have to, you know,
2: it's their right. (laughs) Well, I mean, and then, and then then to also all the point uh, to wrap up the, about the food and everything, uh, everything's cashless there, folks. Don't swing your dollar bills and your quarters and all of that. and Expect to get anywhere. Have your credit cards ready. Vaccine. Cards are on the on the clear app or a piece of paper or whatever you got to have that ready and then uh, have your credit cards ready and, and your phone obviously that's where your tickets are we're fully fully in the electronic age folks no old school here so there you go, Well, it was a great great time and uh, interesting game. Uh, so let's talk about that guys um. First, you know, first period looked like there was going to be no score. It looked like the Canucks, even though the – and I have to get my stats here. The the um, shots on goal were pretty even. It felt like the Canucks were controlling the game in the first period more. But last minute, and Jim got the video of it, uh, Vince Dunn comes through with a great goal, and that just seemed to propel them – propel the crack Kraken, that is – to the second period where they were really controlling it, and they had more shots on goal. And, and Thatcher Demko, I mean, they lost four to two, but I think that could have been a six to four game or six to three game, easily. There were so many close calls. Um, Vince Dunn gets the first goal uh, in that first period. Then Bo Horvat from the Canucks, about with about seven minutes or so left in the second, uh, gets gets the even one. Uh, Mark Giordano came back later in the next period to get one. Then Bo Horvat, again, evening it up. And then uh, there was a little uh, chase for uh, for a puck. Jam- big old Jamie Alexiak, and he's a great player, but he's not the fastest guy. Certainly not as fast as feisty and speedy Connor Garland. Garland takes it away, put puts the puck in the net, and that was the sure. game in there, three to two. And then, of course, we had the empty netter by uh, Just- Justin Dowling uh at the very end um guys impressions on the game loot you start and then then we'll go jim will go around table so loot started a little closer to the mic but
1: guys there was a little interesting thing that came out on twitter twitter today the score was tied to two and a fan probably a newbie to the seattle kraken hockey was given some mouth and uh, some gestures to Connor garland at the bench Next shift, Connor Garland goes out and scores the game-winning goal against us. And we had the game in our hand. It was 2-2. We had two glorious scoring chances by Yarn, Kroc, and Gord to make it 4-1. Thatcher Demko, second star of the game, still on his head, like I've seen him do several times now in his two-plus years of NHL hockey. Kid out of Boston, great prospect took over the number one spot. They don't even talk about Schneider or Luongo anymore up that I-5 up north, north of us. We could have made that game four to two, four, four to one. It was, a, it was in our hands. At the end of the game, Elliot Friedman on national TV up in Canada, Jim, you, you, you reached more than ESPN US. You reached over 13 million Canadians watching the first Kraken home opener in Canada. I saw you twice on the highlights here today, watching that game back. So not only did you reach America, you reached Canada, where we have hundreds of podcast fans. So shout out to you guys. J.F. Trepanier out there in the East Coast, who's staying up late cheering us on. And, uh, you know, it it was just incredible. One thing that stands out to me is at the start of the game, the announcers... Shorty and uh, Hirsch from Sportsnet Canada on National CBC Hockey Night in Canada. You all know it's legendary. The city, the country shuts down on Saturday nights for hockey. Prime Minister watches it. All the tax collectors watch it. All the beer vendors are busy selling beer all night long. And they talked about the opening warmups was a Seattle Kraken sellout. I don't think they'd ever seen that two hours before a game or an hour and a half before a game. But that stood out Seattle crack in Seattle cracking history, that the fans showed up early. And there's another point that you guys pointed out about going to the game and finding your entry, finding your level, finding your elevator, finding which section you can go to, where there are barriers. A lot of people want to go down to ice level for warm-ups and their seats are way up in 208. You can't really get down that close because you've got to have a special ticket to get down to the glass level and get your sign up to, hey, Sidney Crosby, you're my favorite. I want to puck. Signs like that. So people paying great money down where Jay and I were sitting down in those club seats or glass level. We were able to find our seats. Nobody was sitting in our seats that we had to bump out for warmups. But that place was full for warmups. And the Canadian national an- announcers Made mention of that. Then they went on to bitch a little bit. There's no coffee in the arena. They went <laughs> on a few that. times about that. And it's like, I mean, we got a Dunkin' Donut sign on the board, but maybe we're getting a Dunkin' Donuts in the building or in the neighborhood. But they're a good supporter of the NHL. So definitely there was Starbucks coffee all over the arena. So those announcers went for a little. 300 foot walk didn't find any starbucks turned around and went there's no tim hortons let's go back so there's my little bit about the uh, opening and uh yeah there's time a little bit later i've got a great t-bird story met a met an old player that used to play in the key arena so we'll get back to that. Later.
2: Right, right on. All right. No, I appreciate that input. And it's true. I heard Elliot, but you know, uh, yeah, I heard the, the little bitching about the coffee. I'm like, too, just walk a little further because I saw it at least <laughs> once or twice as I'm walking around. And we're in Seattle for Pete's sake. But it was uh, Corey
1: Hirsch, the uh, online guy, that was.
2: Yeah, geek. but the um, but you just mentioned Elliot Friedman. I mean, Elliot said, you know, because I watched it all uh, today, probably one one and a half times. I haven't seen it all the way through the second time, but. Uh, I was watching highlights, and uh, but the uh, post game, and Elliot Friedman was like, you know, Demko st- stood on his head. I mean, he st- or he said he's like he's uh, oh, no, he's was, he was he's a yeah, he said something like uh, he's, um, you know, what make sure that he's not around the police because he just stole that game, mm-hmm. Jim. He kind of did, and I mean, among other some
3: lapses. I mean, what happened here? Uh, you know, obviously, I've watched the game again at home because when you're at the game, you can't quite take it all in, especially on a night like that um yeah he was good you know he, the one thing about demko you notice is he's a lot bigger than he in life than he is on tv he's a big guy um and by the way Corey hirsch is a very underrated color guy for tv i thought he was rather good um i, I saw him play in the late 80s for the Camloops uh, blazers when they would come visit the seattle uh thunderbirds in the old key arena so I didn't really like that little redhead kid when he was a junior hockey player, but he's a pretty damn good color commentator, man. Yeah, he knows um, Yeah. So yeah, Demko was solid, obviously. Uh, you know, let's not forget, we hit a lot of crossbars. We hit a lot of steel last night too. But if you remember listening to the previous show, our previous podcast, I said we need to treat this as a must win. And then I went through the whole two two and one versus one three and one feel so you know it was such an incredible night off that off the chain and then so for me it was a buzzkill at the same time but i'm over that now but man i was just sitting there thinking can you imagine if we actually won that game our our talk would even be just over the top oh, right yeah. now but i'm okay i'm okay but man <laughs> that's tough uh we still i thought they played good I will I listened to um, Haskell's presser. Um, he, I see some things that you know he doesn't want to bring up and the questions weren't asked, but uh, he, it was one of our best efforts. but that third period, we were the first period for that good three quarters where we were getting shelled and then the very end we were getting shelled. Um, and it's everything that resulted in a negative last night was all the result of a turnover or bad board play and that kills us, man. Hockey is the fastest game in the world and it everybody capitalizes on mistakes in this game more than any other professional sport. So you can play even, or you can outplay your other club, but if it's already a one goal game and you do something and you get beat by Connor Garland down the wing, you're toast. And then that empty netter was the same scenario against the boards. They just, we went in a little soft, um, or a little, pardon me, a little aggressive on a six on five attack. And it killed us on one little dump out on the boards and they were gone and there was an empty netter. So I hated that, but that's all it took in a game that tight.
2: Yeah. So now had Montreal had to is game. must win.
3: <laughs> yeah. Must win. Damn it.
2: <laughs> go ahead, Luke.
1: Well, you know, the Habs are, uh, they started out 0 and 5 and they won their last game. So we're actually have a better record than Montreal right now. So, we've got two hungry teams going into it. I was just going to say, you know, the Kraken have started out several games where the first shift, Jordan Eberleys hit the post or the crossbar. We've had some fantastic Jaden Schwartz opportunities in the first, second shift. We got to start scoring those first early goals and getting a 1 2 nothing lead. So, by the end of the game, it's 4 to 2, not 2 2 like it was on Saturday night. So, okay. we're going to get, get the bounces and uh, we're going to work on some things, but we got to fight that puck with the empty net we got to get that board solid. We have to have two guys, one in the corner, one halfway up the wall, and the defenseman to fight for those loose pucks because that's where the defenseman fired up the boards to get it down the ice or up to a guy for a breakaway. So Haxtell is going to tighten some things up. But, hey, you know, we didn't expect us to go 5-0 and like Vegas. Uh, they started out a little bit slow, and they got back yeah. each, each week with good coaching. So
2: Indeed. Nathan, what are your thoughts?
4: Well, from a TV spectator point of view, and with all due respect, all ticket holders that were there, um, you know, we get so many different angles on TV to be able to see what's really going on. There were three or four possible goals. I'm going to go out on a limb and say two of them should have been two of them could have been fans just fanning on the puck. And, uh, then we had and i apologize i don't remember who it was what player it was for the kraken but we had a puck behind the net went back shot it had a deflection and demko could not get on his feet and get over we had a half empty net for two and a half seconds and both my wife and i we had our hands up like oh and I mean, we both saw the goal there and he just missed the net. He just missed it. And we were so pissed, but you know, you, you can't get, you can't get too mad at it. I mean, they're, they're out there, they're trying, they're battling, but it's just those little things, those little pieces that can change that scoreboard and change the conversation we're having right now uh, and future conversations. I've said it before and I'll say it hopefully only this time. Our net presence has got to tighten up. We have got to be ready for deflections. I watched Vancouver stand in front of the net, waiting like drooling dogs, waiting for a bone, knowing that somebody was going to hit it. It was probably going to get deflected. And who's going to be there to try to tap it in? Because that is how a lot of goals are scored. And we're just not there. We're just not there yet. We'll get there. When? hopefully soon, but as a spectator watching it on TV, you notice things that you wouldn't see sitting in your seat, talking to the guy next to you, or, you know, trying to be able to see, I can see everything. And there were some frustrating points that I'm just thinking to myself, you know, we didn't pick up a bunch of guys from WHL, AHL. We picked up hockey players that had been in a league and they know better. And I know that they will get there, but as a TV spectator, I just, I was not impressed with a lot of things that happened in that game, but I love them. I forgive them. And I'm behind them. 100%. There
2: you go. It's just the first, a lot of hockey left. You got to always remember that. And it take, takes a while to gel. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, Jim, you said it was probably one of the best, performances and and I concur and if the puck you know we've seen all you know thousands of hockey games and the puck just sometimes doesn't bounce the right way and it could have in this one and didn't but uh, if they tighten it up sometimes you can
3: make your own luck right you know who finally needs to score and things will change is Eberle yeah the guy has had him he's just snake bit man he's had a ton of chances but he those are the ones that are bouncing in front of him yeah, those four shots on that goal on. that last the other night. I mean, it, his effort's yeah. huge, but his puck look is just backwards right now. And you know, maybe he's just one goal and that's good. But and people like Geeky, Geeky is dry. He's had that first game, but he has been dry. So you know, the guy, the top two lines got to keep doing their thing. And by the way, I, you know, I'm keeping an eye on these two lines, and I'm keeping an eye on those center spots. And if things don't start clicking after he changed up those lines, I want McCann back on that number one run in on that center line. That's yeah. just me. That was good shit. Sorry, can I say that? Yeah, yeah of course you can. you can. It's a little
1: <laughs> risky to take your top line that's clicking and then throw. Yeah, I just in there I'm still blown away by, by that. Danny Gord because he's back. We should have probably worked Danny Gord in from the second or third line, and uh, I mean, you know, that top line. But I was looking at the stats today, and we got a couple donuts. We got Jaden Schwartz and Everly with donuts, zero goals. Mm -hmm. Six games in, so these are the big money players. They're making five, six million a a year, and uh, we got Brandon Tanev at half the salary with three goals, and he had like six or eight hits last Saturday night against Vancouver. I mean, that guy's earning the money. He's selling the jerseys. He's earning the money. He's getting the interviews. So he he
3: is selling those jerseys
1: yeah schwartz and eberly have to bring it there you, i say yeah.
2: can. that's been missing well maybe they can bounce back against montreal like you said lute they've been struggling granted they they won their last game but uh they've they haven't been uh and they've got to travel a ways to to get here so uh hopefully that uh plays into the seattle kraken's hands any final thoughts guys when we wrap up so Luke, you, had, you had a okay jay and then lute you had some story to tell but jay go ahead
0: so one of the things I, I you notice up front is a lot of player interaction and such. And the biggest thing that I noticed was that by the third period, Yanni was just getting frustrated, just super frustrated. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I watched DK Metcalf jump back because his stick just went against the glass right there. Just he was just pissed. Um, but let me just say, for the first two periods i was pretty proud of the team um grubauer did a crazy good job of just just doing his job you know yeah, he I mean? made a lot of great stops. because i think like the philadelphia game and the new jersey game was just kind of like that can just be demeaning you know what i mean just dealing with like uh going through that push and then probably seeing what people are saying on social media i had like one of my best friends text me saying that Grubauer was trash and I said to him it's not all on him you know I mean like you have to play as a team as defense you can't just let it all be on your goalie on every single shot you know so just the time time has to take place for these guys to get clicking together to work together but you know one of the big things that I see is like you know, I agree. McCann should probably be in that first line. They shouldn't have fucked with it in the first place. Um, two, you see how defensive heavy that they picked out this team to be. You know, just from the first seven games, that, or were we at seven games now, or six games?
2: One, four, and one one, one. one, yeah. So we're okay. six. six. So seventh, seventh one coming up.
0: So, you know, you don't really have a lot of aggression like we saw in the first two games up in the opposing net, you know, that we saw a lot of just, you know, puck dominance in the beginning of the game, you know, that we saw in those first two games. But in this game, I felt like it was very even in the first period, the second period, um, still at the same. And then the third period, we just couldn't get it together. We, I think there was a little too much confidence or maybe a little bit of cockiness going into it being two one ahead of that time. And then all of a sudden just, it just started going, you know, and that empty netter, I don't think, and in my personal opinion, because I don't know the game as much as you guys do or as long as you guys do, but what was it? Was it four minutes left or three minutes left in the game? And they, they pulled,
3: no, it was. Oh no, it was under two. No, was it the right time? Okay, no, for yeah, some no, reason,
0: fun. for some reason, it just felt like it just wasn't the right time for me. I don't know why. It just seemed like we're only uh, down was, by one. It
2: was three it hundred. Was <laughs> there you go. It just. Just, yeah, your time, timing was a lot. No, they they did that at the right time and, okay. you know, the little laps and it, and it happens. It happens. Some reason
0: I thought I saw the clock say four minutes.
1: I'm like, why are they doing this? That's
2: because you, know, you like... were
3: stressing for the last four minutes from that goal. Prior exactly. To that. Probably. Yeah, that's when that started. Probably.
1: <laughs> You're down by two goals. You're seeing Patrick Roy started it with a five or six minute empty net goal. You're down two or three to start just trying to get that next one and maybe drop penalties, so. Yeah. Well, I was not a goal. It's usually under two minutes, maybe one minute, depending on the flow of play and
3: timeouts. I was talking to my C partner, Trapper. You know him, Chris. Um, and I, I had a little different opposite than Jay. I because I never felt comfortable at a one goal lead throughout that whole game. I wanted a buffer. Um, and my buddy Trapper was saying, "Yeah, we. I mean, you can see the nervousness. We were just bouncing our knees and like, yeah, I need one or two more. Actually, <laughs> so big but, on you know, insurance." Oh, man. But so, yeah, that was tough. Yeah. I mean, I was sort of tasting. I
2: was feeling not cocky, but I was like, ooh, they got get this. Yeah, they needed some insurance. But when Giordano got that goal, I was like, oh, yeah. I was feeling, I was starting to taste some victory. Oh, that was, never mind. That was um, a beautiful goal, too, by the way. Oh, it was, yeah, it was. sweet. I do want to say though I was glad you guys I meant to mention this earlier I uh, because this is I'm looking at Yanni Gord much closer now than I did when he was playing with Tampa I certainly remember the lightning but look he's a chatterer he likes to chatter down there I was like chattering at the uh, opposition chattering at his, his own teammates and everything. That, that was interesting. I mean, Tanov does that to an extent too, but I, I, Gord's just, he seems like, I don't know, like, like a little, he, little instigator a little bit. He
4: reminds me of somebody that plays for Boston, a little guy, little guy, little guy,
3: Marshall? little guy.
4: Yeah, maybe, maybe that's him. Maybe that's the, well, name he better
3: start him. scoring like him.
4: Yeah, yeah, He's exactly. Not, not yet. Better perform. <laughs> you know, when we talk about Grubauer, everybody knows. If they listen to the show, I'm going to talk about defense. I'm going to talk about goalies. Grubauer made so many saves in traffic, screened, didn't know where the puck was, but he just, he, he did so well. And it was some of the, uh, how do I put it? It was kind of the, uh, the goals that he tracked the entire way and knew they were coming. Were the ones that went by
2: well yeah. garland gave him a little fake out that was a great goal garland that 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 was hard to watch through the five hole
1: from yeah through the five
2: hole that's right yeah Very
1: long shot mm-hmm. easily stoppable yeah uh, he's gonna get better he's making big money he's got a big ego because he's up for the Vezina last year he's
2: but that got- but that goal i'd argue though that one i thought was a little tough because you have to there's a goal you have to get yourself set and he's just going there, and then normally, if it was if it was just a free throwing thing, I'd be like, he has to stop that. But Garland, well, yeah. had that little jitter—he and he that was can in the butterfly. A goalie's timing. He
4: like was in the butterfly, and then he yeah, dropped. Yeah. But he when he gave that fake, he didn't drop quick enough. Right.
3: Yeah, I guarantee you. Gruby. I guarantee you that the goaltender coach—I can't remember his
1: name—Andrew Allen.
3: Yes, is working with Grubauer a lot on low eye shots because those are the ones he's been giving up and that's not his MO. So I can guarantee you, that's what they're working on a lot.
4: I agree. It's not just that though. And we talked about this last time. It's, it's also when he drops, he's not bringing that glove up or he's not right, he, right. when he drops, he's not getting up quick enough. There's a lot to work out, but yeah. Right. I know what and you're he saying.
3: knows it. You can, you can see it in his body language after a goal. He knows it. So.
4: Well, I'm not going to get out there and try. So, I mean, no, no,
3: no. But I mean, he knows where he's. But at you're him. short enough to get those shots. Stop. Yeah, it. actually, <laughs> I will go
4: out there and play for free. Don't piss me off.
1: Okay, well, Gru- uh showing us some amazing flexibility. In yeah, the- yeah. But you expect some of those other ones are easy for him, and uh, he's yeah, got to work on that low yep. game, right. He's got the amazing flexibility, second, third rebound. The guy is very much acrobatic, like Mark Andrew Fleury he doesn't he's not a stand-up sit back in his neck like like Lundqvist or Hellebuck this guy is like all over the net with flexibility and uh, kind of Dominic Hassock almost unconventional style so yeah. um, maybe he's got to work on those long shots you know like maybe that's the with nobody in front of him he's used to everything looking for a deflection and the reflex and he he didn't get the, that change up went right through his legs so
2: yeah, there are some pundits who aren't, I mean, not anti grubauer necessarily, but they're a little bit uh, critical of him because Colorado he he had a lot of teammates that made it help them look good. He had yeah. you know, he had a great team in front of Although, him. Although aren't they kind of sucking right now, right? Colorado. Mm, still early. A lot a lot of teams are sucking now and they're not going to later. And right. a lot of teams like, you see the sabres and the sharks yeah, like, been we were already. undefeated for a while. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the like,
0: sharks were undefeated up until today.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Bruins took care of them but yeah but I mean that's it's so early like when I'm hearing people like having meltdowns about it there's a lot of hockey yeah we should sure. wrap we should wrap things up, yeah, guys. Wrap Luke, up. you had a Luke, you had a little anecdote you wanted to say yeah it's a little
1: local story for uh, western hockey league locals local Seattle fans I was standing in line in my Kraken jersey with no name on it and the guy next to me was about six foot five and I turned to him and I said enjoying being in town for, cause he's, he had just told me a second ago, he was from out of town. I said, you enjoy being in this arena and in Seattle. And he said, well, buddy, I played for the T-Birds in the key arena. And I said, no way. It was Ryan Gibbons, a former T-Bird player. He said, he was just an, awe. he was almost shaking because this was the key arena where he played for the T-Birds a few years ago. Talked a little bit about the winter Hawks and playing against Nick Batan, and uh, it was just a great story that some of these old players are coming back to town and uh, checking out the climate pledge and uh, supporting the Kraken. And and uh, there's a, there's junior hockey in town, too. If you can't afford the $100, $200 tickets, you can go see the Silver Tips and the T-Birds and the Totems Junior Hockey. So there's lots of hockey in Seattle for everybody. Just keep that in mind.
2: Absolutely. Great point. Uh, you know, our, our buddy, Keith Thompson who helps us with some sponsorship and prom, promo, uh, Keith, uh, uh, Keith, I'm sorry, Keith Armstrong. I know what Tom's at. Keith Armstrong. For uh, he, uh, you know, obviously, you know, from a long time, he worked for Everett Silver Tips and he was, uh, giving us that cause I've been a little concerned with the crack. And is that going to really hurt junior league hockey, uh, ticket sales at, So far, not so much. It was, it was, you know, uh, they they had over eight thousand at their opener the other night, and so I think this is just going to bring up the fervor. And you're right, a lot of people aren't going to be able to afford cracking tickets, but they've got the taste for hockey, and uh, everybody should keep in mind to support the Thunderbirds, uh, uh, Silver Tips, or wherever you. Tri City, Spokane, Americans, you bet. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys this is a great discussion uh i can't wait to go to some more games i mean that was just the first one we've got so many uh coming up uh 41 more uh, home games uh and and can't wait to go to many of them so uh, we'll of course be talking on and on throughout the whole season uh we'll be back in probably uh, actually less than a couple of weeks uh for for our next one Uh, but we'll try to do some youtube uh, things here we haven't forgotten. We'll be actually doing a live, uh probably a semi live uh, YouTube show uh, at the Angry Beaver in late November. We're going to have some more parties uh, like we had a Silver City uh, Brewery watch party. We're going to be looking at doing some others in uh, both in Seattle and also in the region. So folks, keep uh, keep an eye and ear out for that. Also, listen to us on Spotify, on uh, Apple Podcasts, or better yet, go to our website, for. All the info, all the different programs and info of things that we're doing. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors, Silver City Brewing, the Angry Beaver, and our new one. I'll tell you more about it next month with Mojito. We've got another additional sponsor, uh, so uh, we're really thankful and grateful for that. Uh, so for our Luke Chellios, Jay Middleton, our producer who never gets on camera, we got him on here a rare time of Jay Middleton, uh, Nathan Gunnison, Jim Carpel. Thanks so much, guys, and we'll. Uh, We'll keep keep uh, keep you all informed, and uh, I'll talk to you again soon. And as always, go Kraken. Go